Blog Talk Radio. to be here again tonight, and I'm glad that you are too. Whether you're listening live on September the 6th, 2022, or if you're listening to it later on whatever your preferred podcast app is, I am just grateful to be here and be here with you. I am your host, your groove mistress, and your spiritual advisor, Madam Perry, but you don't have to call me Madam. You can call me Jen, Jennifer, J.P., Perry, Miss Perry, it doesn't matter. I'm just happy to be here with you and happy that so many of you have been subscribing and listening and sharing with your friends and in some cases even leaving reviews. I like to know what you like. One of my favorite things, and I know I say this a lot because I hear this a lot, is people say it doesn't matter if it's someone famous that you've heard of or someone you haven't heard of that they listen anyway because they know it'll be someone that they enjoy. So I recently changed the podcast, um, the subtitle to the podcast where fascinating people meet because that's what a salon is from the old days. And uh, let's see. Oh my gosh. Recently it's just been one cool person after another And it's just been so much fun, and I've got more stuff coming up. And so tonight, um, well, you know, we had Paul Vato on. And the more I look, if you, he's one of those people, you you may not know his name, but you've seen him in so many movies, TV shows, television commercials, and uh, everything from a, a, a bad guy getting beat up for weeks at a time on, what was he, on Days of Our Lives or General Hospital as a Mexican wrestler in an insurance, (laughs) car insurance commercial or whatever. Uh, Paul Vato is a riot and his show is great. He's also got a wonderful show. Paul Vato is supposed to, he calls it a celebrity-centric podcast and it is. and He's so much fun. Also, we had Brandy Stilwell a few weeks ago and she's been on tour or been still um, I'm making the podcast rounds uh, with her book, None of This is Going According to Plan. And let's see who else. Deanna Bellarose. You know, you probably know her podcast. probably know her person. But recently, I went to L.A. and I got to meet Deanna Bellarose in person. And we hung out one night. We danced in a rock dive. We danced in a Latin club. And then the next night, we danced to a... Uh, Hawaiian, Korean, Japanese boy band. Deanna Bellarose can swing, let me tell you. And she's also a very nice lady and very talented. So uh, just keep on having more fun people, and thank you. Now, tonight's guest has been here before, but it's been a while. It's been a while, but thank goodness she's here tonight. And, honey, she's got some stuff to share. And I read her first book, and now I'm going to bring her in we're going to talk all things art, Celtic, action fantasy, because the guest is none other than the magnificent. <laughs> and this woman, I, I laugh because it's like I don't know where to start. Uh, she's just fascinating. So let me introduce artist, a magazine editor, writer, Erin Rado. Aaron, welcome back to the Genie Bottle. Thank you for the invitation. It's so awesome to be back here. Hey, and I got to meet you in person in Los Angeles after all this time. Well, you were just a hop, skip, and a bounce down away from me, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. Rancho Cucamonga. Thank you so Rancho very Cucamonga. much. Yeah, you, if 
for those in Southern California, you you turn north from Rancho Cucamonga, and there's a bunch of mountains, and I live in the mountains, so of course I had to come down and see you. Had a great time with your author. Oh, Brandy Stilwell, is she a riot? Okay. Oh, she's she awesome. She's awesome. She's, she's wonderful. Um, yeah, thanks for coming down from the mountains, and uh, uh that was just such a pleasure just from the moment you walked into the Barnes & Noble there. From the moment you walked in, I just saw you. I, I just felt the energy, and I was just so happy to see you. Uh, you know, it's, after you were on before, because I had read your book, I was getting to know you. I saw your labyrinths um, and mandolins and, and finger labyrinths, labyrinth, mindfulness. We're going to talk about everything in the next while we got time. But also, after... Not long after you were on before, I bought three of um, your masks on the Celtic Art Store, and I was looking while mm-hmm. I go to buy some more. And you know what I like about it? Call. I was looking for them. They're not called masks. Well, called, that's not what I call them. Exactly. Now, everybody, we're talking about face masks for, I mean, they're not COVID rated. They're not N95 masks, but they are um, uh, rated for particulates. Uh, they have uh, little carbon-activated filters in there, so they're rated for allergens and um, uh, uh, secondhand smoke and, and uh, uh, pollutant particulates in the air. And um, when, uh, you know, the, the pandemic began, uh, I was trying to source a really good manufacturing, because I'm a graphic designer, and I'm, a, I'm an art geek. So that was a natural combination. <laughs> so I started designing all these really fun face masks. And for those of you who are fans of medieval art, I was taking things like the unicorn tapestries and, um, oh, I did a bunch of pirate masks. And then my favorites have been some of the face masks from the Bayou tapestry. Um, and uh, I posted those to one uh, particular online group and someone replied back oh my history nerd god (laughs) (laughs) because i thought as long as we've got to use face coverings we may as well do it with style and so i applied my celtic art my hand-drawn celtic art my labyrinth art i did some zodiac ones it was it was a lot of fun doing those oh my gosh yes and just uh i think the first three i got i got the um um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce them, but it was the uh, it was a, like a dark green with the imprint or tattoo of a lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Another is a Celtic. It's like the round labyrinth, and it's against a, a deep, deliciously deep blue background, kind of a cerulean blue. And the yeah, other be one of my original Celtic designs. Oh, really? And the other, the, uh, the third one I got in that first group was also a. Um, seahorse on the back of mm-hmm. an old map or on the front of an old yes. map part of my nautical slash pirate designs because pirate designs are fun um uh <laughs> just to begin the you know online plug so you can if anyone's out there and you'd like to see what we're talking about my web my website my um, uh sales site is celtic art store dot net and of course celtic is c-e-l-t-i-c celtic art store dot net because uh, 12 years ago is when I began my work as a Celtic artist, um, and uh, I had a real knack for the geometrics. Celtic art can be very tricky to draw unless you learn on a grid. That's the proper way to do it, and um, and then which I did as well. And then my work just began. To, it took on an organic quality as I started getting a little freeform with it. I have a Celtic wolf. I have a Celtic phoenix things like that, but still the intertwining knots. And um, I started just showing at every Ren fair and every festival and every Celtic gathering that I could get to, and it really took on a quality. And sure enough, I didn't realize it, but I had created mandalas. When you trace them with a, a, a stylus or a, a capped pen or something, it actually changes cognition. It moves the brain out of active, busy thought and into a different part of the brain where the thoughts are more quiet and more grounded. 
And I started showing to behavioral wellness conferences, therapy, psychotherapy, marriage and family therapy, counseling, school counseling. And sure enough, um, the work got traction of the scientific community began to see the benefit of what I was doing. Basically, I can trick almost anybody into meditating in about 30 seconds. And I say almost anybody because if someone's willing to work with me, Mm -hmm. I can get them right in that zone. When people are resisting a lot, I I can't break through, but their boundaries are up so high. But um, over, over my well over a decade of doing this, I've worked with people with stress and anxiety disorders. I've worked with um, veterans with PTSD. I've worked with kids on the autism spectrum. Um, It's just, and it's as simple as tracing a a Celtic design. And some of my designs are simple and some of my designs are complex. And I have um, a number of different ones in the full collection. And you just find the one that really makes you zone out and you just trace. And it's really that simple. So that's how I began my art career. So, yeah, I put some of those on my face masks, and I've got them on T-shirts because they're just pretty. But, yes, everything on my website, uh, is if it's Celtic, it's hand-drawn. Magnificent, and they're gorgeous. And I can promise you, if you wear one, don't wear it if you're out sneaking around because people will stop you to compliment them. So. <laughs> I mean, strangers in stores, wherever, will stop to tell you how beautiful they are, what they do to me. So thank you. Okay, so last time you were here, we were talking about your book. Uh, yes. The first book you you published, and so, that was uh, <laughs> Gray Warrior. Right. right. Now, and, I'm self-publishing. I haven't been published, and, and I'll... I'll tell you the story briefly of Gray Warrior to introduce now to my new project, which I'm just so excited about. So Gray Warrior is my novel. It's some, writing is my heart and soul. Art is how I pay the bills, and I love my art. But I've been writing since I was 14, scribbling in notebooks in, in, in middle school. Um, my grandmother bought me an old Adler typewriter when I was 16, mm. and my mom had a terrible time disciplining me because – she would say, you're grounded, and I would say, fine, and I would go in my bedroom, and I'd put on the score to Star Wars on my old plastic turntable, and I'd just start typing, typing, <laughs> typing, typing, typing. I didn't want to go out. I wanted to write stories. So um, uh, I began working with a wonderful editor, Mr. Pat Labruto. He used to be the senior editor at Doubleday Books, also at Bantam and Ace, and he helped get the book ready for tour publication. So it went over to tour. Now, the senior editor there rejected me just earlier this year, not because she didn't love my novel. She loved it. She absolutely, she said I had talent. The story was tight. It was good. Even my editor paid me the most amazing compliment when he said, I didn't see your ending coming. And this guy's got 40 years in publishing. Mm, but girl. it wasn't right. It mm, <laughs> I mean, I was just like, tell me that 5,000 more times, please. Um, But Tor turned it down because all of the publishers, every single one of them, are really pulling back on their budgets. And if Tor still had a mid-list, she would have bought it immediately. But none of the publishers have mid-lists. They can only focus on their A-lists. And in a way, this is a compliment. Gray Warrior reads more like the Queen's Gambit but she mm-hmm. needs to buy the next Game of Thrones. See? And mm-hmm. honestly, I didn't even mind that kind of a rejection. But at the same time, my book didn't sell. So I'm thinking, okay, 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 okay. Now, I'm the Celtic artist at the Southern Cal Renaissance Pleasure Fair. And uh, by the way, shout out to Georgia because, you know, you just you guys just had uh, Dragon Con. I hope one day I can make it down oh, your yeah. way uh, for uh, Dragon Con. That would just be so great. Um, and so I'm, uh, this is a seven weekend show as most of the major Renaissance fairs are. So this is the third weekend and I'm, I'm just obsessing because I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I need a new book. I need to do something new. If I, if she's not going to buy Grey Warrior, then none of the other publishers who are in fantasy are going to buy it. And by the way, Bantam already passed. So, um, and probably for the same reason. So, okay. So I'm, sitting at my booth and I'm watching five guys who are walking around dressed as the witcher. And I'm thinking, you know, I could do better than that. (laughs) 
I mean, God bless all you guys who love The Witcher. I just couldn't get into the series on Netflix, and I've never played the video games. But the one thing I noticed about The Witcher is it didn't have the kind of intimacy that I love to bring into a book. I love to draw my readers in with people Mm -hmm. and places where they can feel immediately at one with my world or immediately love my people or hate them depending on where I want them to go with that, but have, have a reaction to my characters. They're living, breathing people in a living, breathing world. So um, my art name has been Raven's Daughter. It's um, for a couple of reasons. One, it's an homage to the Celtic goddess Morrigan, uh, whose um, uh, totem animal is the raven, and she is the warrior queen who decides the fate of warriors, whether they live and die in battle. But everybody calls themselves Raven. I mean, everybody. So I thought the diminutive Raven's daughter. And it really, everyone liked that art name. Plus, it's search engine friendly. If you Google Raven, you get a million hits. You Google Raven's daughter, chances are you're going to get something of mine. So now I'm sitting obsessing. I need a new character. I don't know if there are any writers out there, but I'll tell you something. When you start on something fresh and brand new, all I could see in my mind's eye was a blank piece of paper. And I'm like, okay, what? Where do you start? Do you start with the world? Do you start with the character? I mean, literally, it's like, a, it's like opening up your brain to a completely page of your, of your journal. Where on earth do you start? So mm-hmm. I started with my main character, who I knew was going to be a female lead this time, my raven's daughter. Okay, sounds good. Now I got a name. That's not, a name does not a character make. So I like turning things on their head. Whenever mm-hmm. fantasy zigs, I zag. If if you're if, if it's going to be you know like oh I know where she's going with this <laughs> surprise no you don't because that's what I love to do and that's one of the reasons my readers find my work so refreshing so okay I have a girl now I need something really visual Raven's always going to be black so you always picture somebody like that as a brunette nope I made her stark blonde beautiful blonde because what I did. I took two of my favorite archetypal characters, Tarna from Heavy Metal, if you remember the 1981 R-rated animated film that uh, Ivan Reitman directed, based on the magazine. Tarna was the Avenger, and uh, she had that white hair, uh, but just, you know, amazing character, Uh, even though the character never spoke. She she didn't even have to. And then (laughs) one of my favorite movies also, because I'm a child of the 80s, um, from Lady Hawk, uh, if we all remember Lady Hawk, Rutger Hauer's character, Etienne Navarre, mm-hmm. and uh, who is our handsome blonde knight, all in black on a big black horse with mm-hmm. this wonderful double-barreled crossbow. For some reason, it was the crossbow that stuck in my imagination, and my girl began to form. And I created a woman who doesn't realize that she is tied to the shadow world below because I didn't want to do fairies and gnomes and forests and dragons and stop it already. Everybody else has done that. And I'm thinking, okay, I either go to the heavens or I go to the underworld. And only it's in many, many mythologies, the underworld is not a hellish place. Hardly look at Greek mythology. You have the realm of Hades, but you have the Elysium Fields, where the heroes dwell. You also have Tartarus, where the wicked are punished. And so I took sort of a combination of uh, the world of Anwen, which is Welsh mythology, and our Greek world of Hades, and I created the Ether Realm, or Realm with an E, because it looks really good spelt with an E, capital R-E-A-L-M-E. And my girl doesn't know it, but she is... She was born tied to the realm. She's a realm walker. Um, she's just always known that she's been com- comfortable in the shadows. So this first story, and mind you, these are all short stories, and I did that for a reason. We'll, we'll chat about that in a second. 
it begins with her taking revenge for having been sexually assaulted and then getting killed because of it. That's, that's usually not the way you start out a book. <laughs> Where the main character dies, like in the third scene. And, she, <laughs> and sure enough, she wakes up in the ether realm. And as I have, there, there are six novellas. These are, what I'm trying to do is recreate the dime novel, a snack read. I call this the ultimate fantasy snack read. There are six novellas. They're a little longer than short stories. They're about 80 pages long in print. Um, and um, there, there are six in total. And uh, my girl begins to develop her skill set throughout and, and come to the realization of who she is by the, by the last one. But, uh, yep, she, uh, uh, and the realm gives me a place to discover. I'm, as I write these stories, I'm creating landscapes and mead halls and all sorts of places in the realm because it's, it's a brand new canvas for my brain. And it's just so much fun to play in a place where I can create a whole fresh new world where my readers haven't been either. And that's one of the things I'm really having fun with this series. And I love how it just, I mean, I can tell you this, folks, from the first sentence, the first sentence, she buzzed, it's like the Bronco coming out of the gate at the rodeo. It comes right out into the action. Right there. Thank you. First sentence, first paragraph. <laughs> that that bucking bronco is out, and you better hold on like the cowboy because she's not going to stop. Oh, wow. No, it's gonna, no, oh, no I'm not. You, before you can refresh your <laughs> beverage. Um, I want to say, it, again, if you're listening live tonight, um, this is August, uh, excuse me, September the 6th, and you want to talk to Erin, you can give us a call. The number is 646 716 Nine nine two two, and I just have a caller that just dropped. Oh, caller, please call back. I was going to bring him in. Somebody from a three two three area code, please call back. Uh, you know who it was, Aaron? I don't know. I, I don't. But um, uh, but uh, I hope that they call back. I love chatting with people. I love it when oh. people pick my brain. Oh, there they oh. are again. Here we go. Oh, Here good, we good. go. Okay, Erin, as you know, as and most people that listen to this for a long time know that this podcast began many years ago as a blog. And some one of the first guests went back and said, I've been to Madame Perry's salon. It looks like the inside of Jeannie's bottle. So I'm going to ask you just to reach over. Oh, come on, 323. Three, come back in. Reach over and um, part the beaded curtain. The, or, okay, the they'll beads. be back. Okay, well, never mind. They kind of slipped away. All right, here we go. Uh, open the driving. door and let them in. Okay, welcome to Madam Perry's salon. Come on in, get comfy. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hey, it's Tom Louie. Can you hear? Hey, Tom. Now I know Tom. who this is. How this you doing, is, Yeah, Tom? I'm Aaron's first. I'm Aaron's first fan fiction writer. He oh. is. He, I was. I was gonna. I was gonna get to that. But Tom is the vice president of the Celtic Art Center in um, in North Hollywood. Uh, in well, in Hollywood, uh, in uh, Southern Cal, of course. And um, I've known Tom for a long time. And yes, uh, Tom got <laughs> Tom read my first story. By the way, in the it's called the Tales of the Raven's Daughter. That's the collection. The first book is the Beast of and apparently Tom read it and uh, inspired him enough that Tom, how, you stayed up for 10 hours straight writing a short story? Yeah, well, the first thing that happened that day, or that very day or shortly before, was, uh, was that uh, I posted a review because you wanted reviews, you know, to get to five stars on Amazon. <clears throat> and yep. uh, I expressed the desire for more fleshing out of the character of the reef you know, kind of like the, the medieval Shireef. He's actually the sheriff, you know, um, yeah, huh? the equivalent of the sheriff. And uh, so and so, you were interested in that idea of fleshing out the character of the reef, and I started trading ideas with you, and I just got inspired, and I started sending you, you know, scenarios and quotes, and you said, why don't you put them all in order? And that was a challenge. So I sat down, and 10 hours later, 
um, I had a story which takes place some probably 10 years after this first story where we find out the fate of the reef. Oh, yes. I love By the it. way, it's online. It is online. And everybody, my author page, which is different from my web store, my author page is my name, Aaron Rado Author, E-R-I-N, AaronRadoAuthor.com. And I want to say also that uh, Aaron uh, Rado has been a great supporter of the Celtic Art Center. Um, she has taught art classes at the Celtic Art Center, Celtic mm-hmm. Art. You know, Book of Tells based, you know, the, the basic designs, how to, mm-hmm. how, how, how to do all those, that fancy knot work, um, you know, which people once thought was, was uh, supernatural because they couldn't figure out how to do it, but Aaron figured out how to do it. <laughs> and she taught other people. Well, admittedly, I had some good source books, but yes, I was happy to teach the class. It was a great time. You know, I'm laughing, Tom, because I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Well, it's uh, I guess uh, you know I'm 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 a cancer in the cusp with Gemini, which means I love working at home, but I can't make up my mind what I want to do today. Mm. So that's that's the that's the Gemini part. But uh, <laughs> Tom, I'm so glad I'm so glad that you uh, enjoyed my story, and uh, it, it was just it it just well, it was uh, the only way to describe it is the British term. I'm just chuffed. I'm just I'm I'm humbled and pleased that, is that uh, bad? Uh, it's it's just a very good thing. It, it means oh. you're blushing you're you're blushing with pride yet you're humble at the same time um that uh, that you know you honored me by spending 10 really intense hours. He sends me this thing. I happen to be up at 4 in the morning. Uh Tom and I are in the t- same time zone and I was up at 4 in the morning uh, chatting with some colleagues in Europe. And ting, here comes the story. I'm like, you wrote that all the way through the night, huh? Wow. <laughs> so, and it's That's a right. good story. It's, it's a very, very good story. So that was really absolutely fantastic. And I'm, and I'm just glad I was able to do justice to the characters and the world building and the scenarios and, you know, add to them instead of like tearing them down or reinventing them or something. I, I was trying to be faithful. And you, and okay. you were, and... And that's a real compliment for me that I was able to give you that jump start, that jump point. And Tom, for fans yes. of this series by Aaron, where would we find your stories? Um, well, the, the, the best place is to go to uh, Aaron Rado author is, is, uh-huh. or Aaron Rado writer. Um, no, Aaron Rado author. You, Aaron Rado author. Aaron Rado author. And you would click on the tab that says fans, and then there's a menu that includes fan fiction. And I'm the only fan fiction so far. And it's been reposted on Facebook. So uh, if you're my friend, or if you're Aaron's friend, or a friend of Celtic Nations magazine, then you can also see it on social media. Yes, you can. And. um... My handle across all social media is the same as my website, Aaron Rado Author. Uh, so um, I certainly have posted a link to Tom's short story uh, on uh, Facebook, um, on uh, on Instagram, and um, uh, I, I like Facebook better because I can chat with folks. But yeah, it's uh, it's right there on my website. That's where you can read it. Well, well, well okay. careful, Aaron, because you're going to attract attention away from from the source <laughs> material, your your own novel. <laughs> So uh, that's that's what that's what you're here to promote. So let's, let's get well, back to that. You know, I I appreciate that, but we have we still have about a half an hour, so we're we're going to get Tom. to some more stuff. And Thank I'll you, be Tom. Sharing. I love you, Tom. Uh, Tom, one more question. Sure. Yeah, Where is where's the Celtic Art Center? The Celtic Art Center is near the intersection of Victory and Vineland, um, in North Hollywood. Uh, the well, maybe about two, one and a half blocks west. The exact address is 11110 um, Victory Boulevard. And it's in a nice building called the Mayflower Club, which is actually a British expatriates club. They, they rent space to us very reasonably. Uh, it's former synagogue. And, uh, and, and uh, every Monday we, we have uh, language classes, Irish language classes. We have dance classes oh. and a big session. 
And sometimes we have things that are not on a Monday, like this Friday, we are hosting the award-winning Scottish folk singer Iona Fife on her first tour of America. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, I think I went, I think I went by there because I remember the, uh, my, either Brandy, my client, or Deanna, my friend, might have driven me past there when I was there last month. So, uh, wow. Okay, great. Well, I'll be sharing all this information on all my social media. And, Tom, thanks so much for calling. Tom, give out the website oh, for the Celtic Arts Center. Tom, give out the website for the Celtic Arts Center. <clears throat> www.celticartcenter.com. Celticartcenter.com, basically. That's plural arts. arts. Yes. Yeah, Celtic Arts with S. Celtic Arts arts Center.com. Yeah. Great. It would be great. I'm hoping to get down and see the singer. That would be just wonderful. Oh, that that, that would be so, so great and historic. Believe yes, me, I will, I will, we, we, we are first. I will, we are her first concert hall in, in America. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Thanks for calling in, Tom. Thank you, Tom. All right. Yeah, okay. thank, thank you for, uh, for taking my call and letting me blab on so long. I you were delightful. Okay. Are you kidding? You're fun. Any friend of Aaron's, I know it's going to be fun, okay? And I'm not disappointed, ever. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, what a sweetheart. Oh, he's a love bug. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's the best. And um, he, he really, and in fact, all the team there at the Celtic Arts Center, they, they, they bust their bums to really um, uh, uh, keep uh, culture going. Uh, another thing that he didn't quite mention is they get a little Kaylee going where um, it's just sort of an impromptu. All the musicians uh, uh, go off into one room, and and they just start improving. Some will sing, some will play, and they'll do that for about an hour and a half or so. And then they have a wonderful bar. You can get a pint, and uh, it's a it's a great time to be had on Mondays at the Celtic Arts Center. Oh, it sounds like a fantastic place, and I get the feeling that it's not always only fun. Interesting. I get the feeling that it's also good for the spirit and the soul. It's it's wonderful, and they're all just fantastic folks. They're just they're just great great folks. So I was like supporting them. Um, oh, now let's get back to this new series. Okay, starts with the Beast of Basque, and as I was yep. saying, it, it's like a, it's, it it comes out charging. Um, and folks, I'm going to tell you, I have. Live in color and in person in Rancho Cucamonga, Aaron Rado showed me the covers, all the books coming. <gasps> They're breathtaking. They're gorgeous. Oh, I'm so so glad you I designed them, by the way. I know. I'm just in I, awe. I, <laughs> well, I also do graphic design. But I, I wanted something really striking. Um I'm an action writer. Uh, Fantasy is just, I'm sorry, it's gotten really long or really fluffy or really convoluted. And and one of the reasons I wanted to recreate the dime novel, especially, you know, we we nickname it snack reading, um, (laughs) is because, one, um, I am following the, the business model for The Witcher. The Witcher actually started as uh, short stories that got a really good fan following and then they got picked up for a video game and then the whole media world opened up, but they started as short stories. But I made this choice uh, uh, at the beginning of my series. How many of us, uh, a person says, Oh my God, I just finished reading the most amazing book. You got to try it. And you smile at them and go, I really wish I had time to read. I really do, but I don't. And so, I decided on something short. These are, all of these little novellas are a one to two hour read. Um, I had one person read who was very comprehension challenged, and he only took about two and a half hours. And then my fastest reader was able to go through it in 45 minutes. It's a lot like reading a TV episode. Now, you, when you're writing in short fiction, you do sacrifice a little bit of the depth. Um, the world building doesn't, maybe doesn't get 
as in-depth of a look or the backstories might not be as fleshed out as you would like them to be. But at the same time, the, the scenes are shorter and there's a quick pace. But I like to still bring some profundity, if I can, to my work, which is why um, I chose something interesting. Uh, as I mentioned, my girl is tethered to the realm below. Usually there's only a single um, ruler of the underworld, and it's usually a man, uh, Hades or um, uh, uh, in Welsh mythology, I, I forget his name, forgive me all my fun Welsh friends. Uh, uh, I'm Welsh too, so forgive me on that one. Uh, but um, uh, in any case, usually a guy. I chose not to do that. I chose to give my, my underworld a king and a queen. And I modeled them after Shakespeare's Oberon and Titania from A Midsummer Night's Dream. And the one thing I liked about Oberon and Titania was those two were always at odds. They were always fighting over something. Uh, they just could never get along. And as any writer knows, you know, conflict is drama. It, you've got to have something that moves the tension along. Otherwise, you, can't, you don't have a story if nothing goes awry. And so, um, uh, so I created the King of Shadows and the Raven Queen. And they are the master and mistress of the ether realm. Well, if you've got Oberon and Titania, you got to have Puck. You just have oh, to because oh. that's, you know, that's, that's just, you know, it's a, it's a compulsory maneuver. So I knew that I was going to have my girl die and, and come, come awake. Uh, she doesn't come alive. She, her whole body goes into the realm. And she's met by a character who keeps tapping her on the forehead. Wake up. Come on, little flesh pot. Let's wake up, little mortal. <laughs> she finds this very confusing. And, and, she, and she, she's having a little trouble waking up, but uh, she awakes to this, this youthful, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a male figure. Now, I use the term youth as in a teen boy because that's mm-hmm. the medieval way to describe it. A teenage boy is not period. So I say a youth because Merriam-Webster's dictionary, look at it, definition number two, youth, usually a teen boy. And his name is Odwin. And Odwin, uh, I came about that character because Puck is named Robin Goodfellow. And so (laughs) I started thinking Oddfellow, and that instantly became Odwin. And clever woman. And my brain just put it together that way. And it, and, and it worried me for a minute, and I'll, I'll tell you why in just a quick sec. Anyway, Audrey keeps tapping her on the forehead, tap, tap, tap. Wake up, wake <laughs> up. And she says, I'm having trouble moving. She can't move very well. I mean, you know, she just got killed. And uh, Audwin says, oh, well, that doesn't surprise me. You've never been dead before. And my girl <laughs> says, what? My girl says, what? And Odwin says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were hard of hearing. You've never been dead before. (laughs) It becomes this running joke because Odwin is so wonderfully sarcastic. Whenever Odwin says something and you reply incredulously, what? Odwin says, oh, I'm sorry, do you need me to speak up? <laughs> and it's true. It reads just like that. Like you're, like, it's, it's like you're, it's like you're there eavesdropping. You're right there, and you pick up on all that little sarcasm and the fun. It's like, huh? What? From from now. Here's the fun <laughs> thing. My girl glances around as Odwin says, "You're in the ether realm. This is the convergence where souls come in." My girl glances back. Odwin has now changed to a maiden. Odwin is now with long, beautiful white hair. Odwin has white hair with little bursts of color in it. But now she's become a maiden. And my girl startles. And, and she's never seen anything like this. And weren't you just, weren't you just a boy? And it, this is all very, very confusing because I wanted to try and do something interesting with, one, the character Puck, and two, bringing in an element of LGBTQ. Now, I am, I am straight, I am um, happily heterosexual, but 
it's been bothering me a little bit that people have been throwing trans characters into media for the sake of scoring points. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel right. It's like a round peg in a square hole. And so, Odwin, I'm just thinking if anybody ever did Puck, how could Puck not be transgender? This is Puck we're talking about. I made Odwin gender fluid. Odwin will switch back and forth very quickly. Sometimes Odwin will present as a youth, change into a maiden to blow you a kiss, and right back into a youth again. Just to mess with you. (laughs) But Odwin is also very sagacious. Odwin is the herald of the ether realm. Odwin provides my girl with um, moral support, with wisdom. Um, Odwin will go into battle, uh, both as a male and a female, and kick butt because Odwin is very good at what Odwin does. But my girl, when first meeting Odwin, is, is a little overwhelmed and doesn't appreciate his sarcasm. Odwin is more sarcastic as a youth than, than she is as a maiden. Um, <laughs> it, it's a fun character. Uh, and so my girl just reflexively, defensively says uh, something a little offensive. She says, Odwin, that's not short for odd one, is it? No. And I did that deliberately because I was very worried that if I called my transgender, my, my gender fluid character Odwin, I might be thinking, my fans might be thinking, why are you calling LGBTQ people odd? But the name was just so perfect. So I just have Odwin own it. Odwin says, excuse me, odd is a perfectly good state of being. I would rather be odd than anything else. And anyone who thinks differently is a, oh, what's the term I'm looking for? How about a dead mortal? Now get up. The king and queen want to see you. Leave your body where it is. It's not going anywhere. That was one of my favorite parts. Leave it where it is. It's not going anywhere. (laughs) Now, in the very next scene, my girl is completely overwhelmed by being presented to the King of Shadows and the Raven Queen, she actually reaches out to Odwin, and, and Odwin's a youth at this moment, but she just grabs Odwin's hand because she's so frightened. Odwin changes into a, a, a maiden, her softer side, and, and gives the hand a squeeze back. And my girl says, I'm, I'm sorry I called you odd. Uh, I told you I already rather would be odd. And my girl says, yeah, but I said it in a bad way. I was frightened. I didn't mean to do that. And over these six books, the, the relationship that develops between my girl, by the way, I haven't said her name yet. Her name is Alarice. My girl's name is Alarice. Um, I was thinking of the name Alaric, as in Alaric the Goth, who's mm-hmm. a character from history, of course. And um, uh, I was trying to figure out how to make that feminine. And my girl, uh, a girlfriend, dear, dear girlfriend of mine said, um, usually in European culture, you just put an E on the end of it. That's how you get Michelle from Michael. And I said, okay. So Alarice. So Alarice is my girl. And Alarice and Odwin develop this wonderful relationship. And then my girl is offered by both the King of Shadows and the Raven Queen to become their champion because they know she's a realm walker. She doesn't yet. She's just always been really comfortable in the shadows. She never knew why. And she aligns herself with the Raven Queen, and the Raven Queen tasks her with finding a two, a, a, a beast in the town of Basque, hence the title, The Beast of Basque, that has two faces and is preying on the souls of children. Bum, bum, bum. And, um, and trust me, it's not an actual beast. That's the only spoiler I'm going to give. On the way, um, she meets a retired, well, sort of a, a former washed out maybe army captain his name is Creston and he's my guy and there's a wonderful twist in his backstory as well that comes out in the first book so uh, I like twists I like action I don't write fluff and I don't write encyclopedias and that's why this is the ultimate fantasy snack read How and 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 how grateful we all are for that, you know. I've said sometimes I'm also a big I've, I've, for a long time I've been a big reader of true crime, and I always felt like the women writers they get to the point, get it done, get out, give you everything you need, nothing more. 
But I always felt that some of the male writers of that, I'm not going to name any names, but I felt like some of the male writers, it's like they get to a certain point and they realize, it's, it's like they're suddenly we're told they were going to be paid by the words. They just start adding in opinions and snarkiness and stuff, you know. Like, you know, haven't you ever gone to see a band, like a jazz band or something, and somebody's doing a solo and they get crazy and go, hey, bud, you're not getting paid by the note, okay? So, <laughs> pull it back a little bit. Pull it back. Yeah, yeah, pull back, pull back now. Come on, come on. Get it get it together. Well, but, yeah, that is what I love. It's like you, you've got them. You, you, but the, you don't sacrifice. You don't sacrifice the emotion, the excitement. The, the the feeling of the scenery and being wrapped in the world, you don't sacrifice a, not even the tiniest scintilla or iota of anything necessary to the story when you keep you it so in these snack-sized stories. And um, wasn't there something that, that Edgar Allan Poe felt the same way, that something should be able to be read maybe in one sitting Yes, and of course he was king of the short stories. His short his stories are a little shorter than mine. A short story is typically about ten thousand words for those of you who are counting. Um, uh, novellas usually start at about twenty thousand words. My stories are about eighteen. Um, yes, you can read this in a sitting, and that's the whole point. You can read it, put it down, let it percolate through your imagination, knowing that there's another one coming, because all six stories form a wonderful arc that I promise you will have a, an ending that will rival the death of Spock Whoa. when the series is all finished. Yes, it will. <laughs> all right. And then for, for a happier note, I didn't realize my girl, my girl, Alarise was a former tavern mistress and I put a drinking scene in every single one of these books, <laughs> either She's sitting with my guy, Creston, and they're talking over an ale, or there's a full-on party scene in, in, in the ether realm, a mead hall in the ether realm down below, where it's just a fun scene. But um, I've created something I like to call realm brew, and uh, there's, a, there's a wonderful mead company in Vermont called the Gronfeld Meadery, and I'll be putting up links on my website to all these places. They make um, a, a mead that drinks like a, a light beer. And I'm thinking, I have created the fantasy equivalent of Romulan ale. It's called Realm Brew. <laughs> and I would love to invite everybody to help me out because I am so close, and I'm holding my fingers uh, so close together, to uh, ranking up on Amazon in the category of two-hour science fiction and fantasy short reads. So if you just go to Amazon and search for it, Tales of the Raven's Daughter, uh, The Beast of Basque, that's the first one. The Thief of Souls is the second one, and it's available for pre-order. And then the other books will be available for pre-order shortly. A Kindle book will cost you a whopping 99 cents. Get Whoa. out of town. <laughs> 99 cents. And uh, a paperback, if you'd like a paperback, because the covers are really pretty. Uh, they are gorgeous. Uh, Thank you. The five ninety five for a paperback, eighty pages. Put it in your backpack. Enjoy yourself. It's a good. It's a really, really good snack read. Erin, I know that a lot of people, and of course, as a publicist, I know a lot of people haven't been able to travel out in person like they used to, uh, and some people have done um, clubs and bookstores virtually. Uh, by Zoom or whatever, mm-hmm. um, are you doing any of that, or would you be open to it if someone asked you? I, I one, I love, I love traveling. Um, I don't have kids; I have cats. So as long as I can get the pet sitter <laughs> over here, I'm hopping a plane. Uh, I used to travel a great deal before the plague, as I like to call it. Um, one year, I flew, I think, about twenty-five thousand miles. I love traveling and meeting people. So the short answer is yes. Here in Southern California, I've got. The Seaside Highland Games in Ventura, that is October 8th and 9th. I will be there in one of the vendor halls. And then we have a little Renaissance Fair, the Escondido Renaissance Festival and uh, in San Diego County. And I, that's a two-weekend show, so that's the end of October and then the first week in November. I'll be there for that. 
And then I'm starting, um, hopefully I will be at WonderCon. Uh, if you don't know, WonderCon is Comic-Con's little brother. And <laughs> WonderCon, WonderCon is always in March at the Anaheim Convention Center. And then our, our mutual friend James has invited me to come to Wild Wild WestCon in Tucson. <gasps> really? And yes, he has. I just don't know the dates yet. They they haven't announced them yet, but I'm planning on being there. And as I said, you guys have got Dragon Con. If I can if I can jury in, if they'll let me have a table, I'd like to get to Gen Con. I'd like to get to some of the really fun cons and ren fairs because that's where my readers are. Is at the Renaissance Fair at uh, some of the anime cons, and um, you know there's a contact us section of my website if anybody would like to host me. In fact, um, at the Maryland Renaissance Festival, which is running right now, um, uh, their bookseller has my book, uh, Grey Warrior, and then some copies of my, uh, my magazine that I edit, Celtic Nations Magazine. And he told me he would love to have me out to Maryland next fall for book signing. And that would be great. And so, yes, if anyone would like to invite me to come to a book signing or a con, I would be happy to uh, attend, and I'd be happy to host a panel on character building, world building in short fiction, because it's tricky. Um, yeah. you, you know, it's. Uh, I remember a quick story uh, about Dr. Seuss, and Ted Diesel was his name, and he was attending a cocktail party, and a, a, a brain surgeon said, "Oh, you write children's stories. I might write a children's story one day. I might take ten minutes and write a children's story." And Dr. Seuss replied, "Oh, sure, and I'll take ten minutes and learn brain surgery." <laughs> Writing short fiction, it, it's it's a whole different sound to your prose, um, to everything that you do, uh, and then still being able to get. The as you noted, the characterization, the world building, the the wealth of it in there, um, without without it feeling forced, that is tricky. But I am happy to uh, to always uh, host a panel on um, world and character building in short fiction. That is fantastic. I need to stop for just sixty seconds to uh, play some more realized Nady, uh, and I'll be right back with more Aaron Rado. <sighs> Ugh, what a day. I just need some me time for once. Yes, perfect. I got the new bath bombs today. Peach and clove, here we come. Mim and the Anvil makes the best smelling herbal blends of bath bombs. You can order loose or ground herb, added buttermilk, extra large, even ones with hidden gifts inside. There are over 25 essential oil varieties. After today, my body definitely needs some spiritual nourishment and lots of fizz. Her metaphysical blends are soothing in more ways than one. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. Make time for yourself. There are over 100 herbal blends of bath bombs. Keep a healthy body and mind. Feed your soul. Visit MimInTheAnvil.com today. If you don't make time for yourself, no one else will. You know, listen to that and thinking, oh, yeah, a nice bath bomb and kind of get mellow in the tub and read The Beast of Basque by Aaron Read The Rado. Beast of Basque. <laughs> well, I would like to share, uh, again, Aaron Rado author, E-R-I-N-R-A-D-O, Aaron Rado author, on my, uh, dot com. On the very bottom of my website, you will link to my other businesses, my Celtic art store. Celtic Nations Magazine, which was began as a COVID project and has really taken off from there. And then I also have Celtic Rock Radio, which I, <gasps> I just have so much fun with. Uh-huh. Celtic Rock Radio is a free app. Go on to Google Play or the App Store, Celtic Rock Radio. And what I've done is collected uh, and there are a lot more that I haven't collected, indie bands. You may never have heard of some of these Celtic rock bands, but you're going to love every single one of them. Because to me, indie voices are really mm-hmm. where it's at. Oh, and yeah. I've, got, I've got some, uh, 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 again, just 
bands that have huge followings, bands that nobody knows about, but they've contacted me. And it's all rock and roll. And that's what really sets my world apart from the other Celtic radio stations that, forgive me, are playing pub music. Uh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Shoot me in the head, pub music. Um, (laughs) I often say there's nothing wrong with pub music that cannot be fixed with a bass line and a drum kit. Um, And and so uh, you'll get rock and roll, you'll get soft rock. Um, I do have some soundtracks that fit in, uh, some wonderfully gifted musicians that do soundtracks. And then every so often I throw in the Irish Rovers because you got to have the unicorn song once in a while, um, just for a little <laughs> bit of nostalgia. But uh, that's Celtic Rock Radio, and it's a good time to be had. Hey, name some of the people we'll hear on there, some of the artists. Well, um, okay, I've got for um, – <laughs> some uh, really, really awesome uh, um, bagpipe rock and roll. Uh, I have got uh, Celtica Pipes Rock. They're out of Germany, I believe. Germany or Austria, forgive me. Um, There's a wonderful band called Brother that people have heard about. They're from Australia. Uh, One of my favorite, I've got a couple of favorite bands, but there's one called Enter the Haggis. I love those guys. Oh, for, yeah, uh, yeah, they're, I, they're pretty popular. Enter the Haggis. Um, Sire, S-Y-R, they are on the East Coast. Uh, there's also Tallymore. Um, I've got Tawatha Dia, and don't ask, I, I, just, just go to my website. You'll see them listed there. They're from the Appalachian region, and they're actually kind of like Celtic steampunk Appalachia. And I swear, their their female lead singer sounds like Gracie Slick. Mm. Seriously. I mean, sounds exactly like Gracie Slick. Um, and uh, I've got a, a, a heavy metal band called Bog Iron. They're here in Monterey. I have got a shredding heavy metal Celtic bagpipe band called Skiltron. They're in Europe. So uh, I've got some Celtic punk in there. Um, and uh, uh, I've got some Celtic te- Celtic techno. There's a band called The She, S-I-D-H. Fantastic, fantastic bands. You know, Enter the Haggis is pretty popular, and I knew that I thought that uh, I had seen that they were coming to Atlanta, and I'm looking at their website, um, and their, their 2013 has already booked pretty tight, but they are going to yep. be at like an uh, – kind of festival, Irish festivals, also the city wineries that a lot of the big cities have. Um, Great Eagle in Asheville, City Winery Atlanta. And, I mean, this is all going into 2023. Uh, so Yeah, they're fantastic band. And what I listen for in a band, any band, I've heard a lot of rock bands uh, do covers of, of pub music just in an up-tempo fashion. I listen for a sound, not a song. I listen for the band. And that's when I say, yep, got to broadcast you guys. And everybody has come on board and said, yeah, absolutely. I don't charge them. They let me have their work. The app is free. Play, download, push play. It is a good time to be had. (laughs) You know, that's what people ask me all the time. When are you going to start charging people to be on your show? Why would I do a thing like that? I'm the hostess. I'm inviting them in and sharing with the world. I would never, exactly. ever, ever. That that would ruin everything. <laughs> it would. Although a little me, advertising doesn't hurt. I mean, you got to pay the bills somehow. But yeah, a little uh, advertising, like the lady I just played a few minutes ago. That's all good and well, yeah. but I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so that little so, voice is coming to my ear saying that we've only got sixty seconds left. Aaron yes, Rado. I am so proud of you, and I am so glad that our dear friend James Breen introduced us. Um, I'm glad I got to meet you in person. So we, I will be sharing the links, all of your links on all of my social media, not just for Madam Perry Salon, but Jennifer Perry or Jennifer Modette Perry as well. And I just think you're magnificent. And i got to tell you, folks, we've known each other for Years like everybody else on social media, get to know people, and then when I met her, just I just I just felt that the most wonderful feeling is like a uh, an electricity and just a warmth and a glow and just uh, if you get a chance to meet this lady in person, 
Maybe I'll get to see you again at Wild Wild West Con next year. Um, that would be great. Because last this year, my corgi Fiona and I drove from Atlanta to Tucson for that. And I think we're going to do it again. We had such a good time, and I look forward to seeing you there. And so we will be saying much, much success with the Beast of Basque and the entire series. I uh, Again, I just think that you are a magnificent woman and very, and God very bless you. Oh, thank, thank you, you so honey. much. Thanks for having me. All right. Delighted to have you here. We're going to swing on out. Everybody be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Get Aaron Rado's book, Beast of Basque, for the love of Pete. It's only 99 cents. I love you all. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.